The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss the benefits of hiring virtual marketing assistants. Joining us is Trisha Shortino, who is the CEO of Belay Solutions, which is a motley crew of impossibly talented, endlessly passionate, and uncomfortably generous, eclectic souls, all united by one common denominator, to live and serve through the use of virtual assistants. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, Belay Solutions is also a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. And today, Trish and I are going to talk about why you need a virtual assistant for your marketing efforts. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Trisha Shortino, the CEO of Belay Solutions. Trisha, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So excited to have you here. Excited to talk a little bit about Getting some help scaling your operations and making your marketing more efficient. But first off, I want to say thank you. You're a member of the MarTech Sponsorship Program. We're always excited to have members of our sponsorship program join our show and help people understand a little bit about their work. Thank you for supporting our show, and we're excited to have you here. We love what you are doing, and we are honored to be with you today and honored to be a sponsor. It's a love fest here already, but we've got some important stuff to talk about. One of the ways that I've been able to scale my business, it started off as a creator business of one, and now there are 17 people in my organization and I still only have one employee, me. And the way that we do that is through the use of freelancers, contractors, and virtual assistants, something that your company specializes in. So let's talk a little bit about the need for virtual assistants for marketers When you hear about marketers having trouble scaling, what are the first things that go through your head that a virtual assistant could help them with? There's so many things. I mean, when you dial into marketing operations, any good marketing team growing, not growing, needs somebody to keep everybody on the rails, right? Somebody's got to keep track of all of the project initiatives running through a marketing team. So that person could very easily be a virtual assistant. You can think about them as the administrative engine running the initiative and team on track. You can net that down to tasking, follow-up on tasking, email follow-up, scheduling tasks. They could be using a project management tool to keep you on task. 
They could be helping you as an individual, keeping track of your deliverables, whether that's via your email, calendar, and so on. So there's so many different ways a marketing leader or a person could use virtual assistant to handle all of the administrative opportunities that sit inside what you do in your day-to-day. Now, when you say administrative opportunities, let's talk a little bit about what that means. Because as a marketer, I think our jobs are we're creating marketing frameworks, brand strategies, but often we're kind of in the day-to-day logistics of operating a campaign or a marketing channel. A lot of the times those are technology driven. So why do I need someone else to help me when I'm applying technology to execute most of my marketing campaigns? Well, believe it or not, humans are still needed for things. Thank you. So good. I know. We still have reason and need for humans. And so technology is amazing in automating things, but it cannot do all of the things. It cannot speak on your behalf. It cannot adjust things accordingly, and it cannot set itself up. So maybe your virtual assistant is setting or starting templates inside your technology. Maybe they're editing templates inside your technology. Maybe they're adding and removing timeframes and deliverables based on personal preference. So there still are administrative tasks you do every day that someone else can do that is not you and is also not your technology. I think about our use of virtual assistants and freelancers that follows a relatively prescriptive process. When I started the MarTech podcast, I was an independent consultant and I wanted to reach more people. I wanted to expand my network. So I started this podcast thinking, hey, I'm going to have a content marketing strategy. I was the scheduler. I was the guest recruiter. I was the host. I was the editor. I was the publisher. I was the copywriter. I was the marketer. All the guest communication, every individual step across the entire content production assembly line I was doing personally. And what I realized first was I'm a pretty crappy editor. I don't really know the tools very well. Other people have better ears for that. I'm going to go and find someone else to do that. Our beloved Panos, he's been with us for every episode of the MarTech podcast. I think we're 1300 episodes in at this point. I found Panos because I didn't want to spend the three hours editing each hour of content. I felt like I could spend that time doing, I don't know, other things like making money for the business. My point is my process was find the most painful point in what you're doing, build a process and hand it to somebody who is better at their job and probably less expensive in terms of the cost of their labor because they are somewhere else in the world. They're working part time. They're working remotely. Talk to me about what you think the process is for figuring out what the right tasks to start using virtual assistants for. To add on to what you were saying, it's also sometimes it's not you creating the process to hand it over to somebody. Sometimes it's someone else is creating the process because maybe creating processes is not your thing. Maybe you're not operationally gifted and you're really creative and you need somebody else who can think very linear to do research and create the process for you. And that is something you can even think through when you're looking at administrative support, if creativity is your genius. Now, when it comes to you deciding uniquely for you how you can use a virtual assistant, because it's very unique for every individual, regardless of the industry or role or whatnot, what I say to people is, really sit down and do a study of a few different things. Number one, what are your strengths and weaknesses? And be real with yourself. 
is your strengths operation and process? Is your strength creativity? Is your strength hosting and talking on podcasts? Really write down and get to the nitty gritty of what your strengths and weaknesses are. One thing you want to look at is do your weaknesses align with things you can outsource? Are those the things that someone else can do on your behalf because you are not working in your strength zone? So that's the first place. The second place is the things that you are doing, are they truly the things you should be doing? Now, just because you are potentially gifted in administration and gifted in technology and gifted in templating and workflows, does that mean that's the best use of your time? Because to your point, if you're leading an organization, it might be great that you're operationally minded and organized, but shouldn't you be paying more attention to the high ticket items like you said Shouldn't I be paying attention to how my business is making money? Shouldn't I be paying attention to higher things like strategy, vision casting? So when you sit down and you look at the things that sit on your plate in a a given day, you would look at what are my weaknesses and what are the things I truly should not be doing? And you start with that list and then you go through that list and you figure out what you're going to outsource. And in that list, there will be administrative things. There might be other creative things, but that is the great place to start. You know, one thing I want to ask you about is the idea of what type of talent is available to you. When I was an independent marketing consultant, I didn't have a lot of cash. I didn't have a lot of capital to be able to invest. I couldn't hire because my business wasn't big enough. So finding a in-house, full-time, U.S.-based editor, it's just not in the cards, right? Just from a pure cash flow perspective. So we were forced to go look for less expensive resources, and we found that there are international contractors that are 30% of the market rate in the United States. So talk to me about the difference between hiring somebody in-house, hiring a contractor who is sort of a part-timer, or having a virtual assistant who's more on an hourly wage. Is there a difference in the quality, the effort, the type of person that you're going to be working with? For sure. I mean, the first thing I would say is the beauty of working with a virtual assistant and outsourcing, working with a contractor, is that it's completely scalable. It's kind of the underlying baseline of where we exist as belay. It's what we started on the concept of people need fractional support. The people who don't need full-time support, they're not ready for that full-time employee to come in-house, whether it's because they can't afford it or there's just not enough work yet that that was the problem we were going to solve is we were going to come alongside these businesses and provide a very scalable option that can start at 30 or 40 hours a month because maybe that's all you really needed. Now, we also decided to stay U.S.-based because we wanted to ensure there was a certain quality and alignment of services for our clients. Our clients are majority U.S.-based as well. So we wanted to make sure the experience was seamless when it came to alignment and quality of work. And so we decided that we were going to stay U.S.-based so that we could really create a great experience for our clients. And that's not to say there are companies out there that outsource out of the state and there is amazing talent there as well. That's just the decision we made as Belay. We have a au pair that lives with us. And for anybody that's not familiar with what an au pair is, it sounds fancy. It is basically a cultural exchange program where someone comes into the country and lives with you for an extended period of time, a year or so. And for us, they take care of our kids so we don't have to go hire a babysitter during the day. 
and they get to live in the country and don't have to pay room and board. We have a Colombian au pair that's lived with us for about a year, and one of her first hangups when she moved to the country is everybody in the United States thinks the United States is the best. And admittedly, I'm from the United States. It's a wonderful country. I think it's the best, but everybody thinks the place they live is the best because we all have local pride. Talk to me about the difference in not only in terms of you mentioned the quality of work when you're hiring domestic versus international, but also what's the difference in price point? What are you getting for your dollar when you're hiring domestic as opposed to international? I think it's probably all relative. What we've found in the competitive landscape and what fueled some of our initiative to say U.S.-based, specifically when it came to a virtual assistant, there were a couple of key factors driving that. The first thing was time zone, specifically for a virtual assistant. Now, typically a virtual assistant is working alongside you in your day. And for us, that's the typical maybe nine to fiver, if you will, when you're looking at a, a leader of an organization here in the U.S. And so they were looking for people available during the same hours as us. So it was easy for us to align time zone by sticking in our time zone. Another thing that we saw come up was there just being a language barrier, a communication gap where we had clients who were leveraging an outsourced assistant who was in another country, and there was just a different sense of responsiveness, a different sense of quality. There was just a language barrier and an understanding gap. And so we figured we could solve that by bringing it into the U.S., and we would remove that kind of barrier, if you will. Now, from a cost perspective, you're absolutely right. You can, for a fraction of the cost, work with an individual outside of the U.S. And you could have excellent experiences doing that. We have just found when it comes to virtual assistance, those two things were game changing in this specific type of work that we're talking about. Now, the value it brings here for Belay is kind of twofold. We also have account management layers, which are also U.S.-based, which is different as well. So we're talking about having a U.S.-based virtual assistant who you can connect with also, and then having a team member here at Belay who's also working in your time zone, who's connecting with you and guiding you through what it means to work with a virtual assistant if that's new to you. So cost for us is... We know that hiring through an organization like us at Belay costs more, but we also know the quality of the product and the service you will get will be more. I will tread lightly here. And admittedly, I have an international team. There's 17 of us and we're spread all around the globe. And we made the decision, and this has a lot to do with what our business model is in the sense of we're running a media business. So we have essentially tokenized a large portion of our production process and the task that each individual person in this process is doing doesn't require a lot of judgment because we've used a lot of technology. Sure, people have to understand our processes, but there is not a lot of room for interpretation or some sort of a judgment on what the task should be. When you run into scenarios where you have to not only use judgment, create relatively new assets, you're doing something more creative, and you need to specifically understand the culture, I think that that's a very important distinction for us because we are running a assembly line of content production. Things stay relatively the same, and we're not asking somebody to invent new processes. 
It's not just a language barrier. There's a cultural understanding that you get when you are in a specific country. When you're internationalizing a website and you're going to, let's say, France, you probably want somebody boots on the ground in France or that has been to understand some of the cultural nuances of what you're doing. So I do think that there's a trade-off there with picking domestically versus picking internationally. I do want to press you one more time on the cost question when you think about the overall cost and you're making that decision of should I go with a domestic or international consultant, generally do you see the rates being twice as much, 50%, 100%? How do you think about the difference in rates and how should people evaluate domestic versus international virtual assistants? Yeah, I think that you'll see that the rates for a U.S.-based domestic virtual assistant will probably be 50% more than what you will find in an international option. And it ranges. So you could probably find a virtual assistant through an organization that's international, and it might be in the $20 to $30 range. And if you want to find one that is U.S.-based, you're looking in the $40 to $50 range. I think that it also is very dependent on where you're hiring from. We pay rates anywhere. And this might sound like a bad thing to people that are listening at home. Oh, you're paying tiny wages. Seven to $25, $30 an hour is generally the range that we're paying depending on what the role is, but also where we're hiring from. $7 is a different amount of money in the United States than it is in Oman, than it might be in Syria then it might be in even Mexico. So I think the question is not necessarily what the wage is, it's where you're hiring and how does that compare relative to what the cost of living is. That's also something to factor in as well. So I guess the last question I have for you, Tricia, is when you see marketers specifically thinking about trying to scale themselves and their marketing activities, what are the three big tips that you have for marketers to get started figuring out what to use a virtual assistant for? Number one, recognize that ideally as a marketing leader, any leader, you are likely doing things you should not be doing. That is number one, understanding and knowing what to delegate, when to delegate it, and coming to terms with the fact that there are things on your plate that you do not need to be doing. That is literally step one. It's like, (laughs) number one, admit there's a problem. (laughs) I'm holding all the plates. I'm spinning all the plates. And I probably shouldn't be doing this. It's not sustainable. I'm becoming the lid on the own growth of my organization everything is hinging on me. So I would say the first thing is recognize that there is an opportunity for others to come into play and that you should do a better job delegating and getting some things off your plate. Number two, I would say walk through the exercise I mentioned earlier. Sit down and really think through what are the things literally you should not be doing. What are those administrative things? What are the things that you should outsource? What are the things that are your weakness? Come up with that list and understand these are the things I'm looking for somebody else to do that is not me. And then it is dissect that list and determine where you need to go to fill that list of things. That might be multiple people. That might be one person. It might be very administrative. It might not. But that will help you get to the place where you're looking at what is the need I have and who is going to fill that. And if you find that those are administrative virtual assistant needs, then you make the decision on where you want to go to find that solution. 
and it could come into budgeting. I mean, obviously, budget is always a big contender. Based on the budget I have, these are my options. And that is something that, of course, most people will walk through. And then based on that, how much time do I need in a week? Do I need somebody for just a couple hours a week? Do I need a full-time person? I would walk through those things as well and get to your end result. Assess, document, and outsource. I think that those are the summaries for me. That's how you get stuff off your plate. You use less expensive labor so you could free yourself up to do the big earning tasks. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Trisha Shortino, the CEO of Belay. Join us again tomorrow when Trisha and I continue our conversation talking about integrating virtual assistants into marketing technology. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Trisha, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her handle is Trisha Shortino. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-S-C-I-O-R-T-I-N-O. Or you could visit her company's website, which is belaysolutions.com, B-E-L-A-Y, solutions.com. Also, Trisha is the host of a great podcast called One Next Step, which talks about some of the ways that you can use virtual assistants. Just one more link in our show notes that I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.